Voting at 16, the 2020 bid, and a record-breaking budget, I'm Noah Huey, and this is Under the Stars. Welcome back. We're back, uh, there was a, we took a break because I was having an election, uh, which I lost. <laughs> um, and, we're, but we're back with a new show, and there's been a few interesting things that have come up in this past week in politics that have been quite interesting, and I thought I'd talk about because just know how much I, you love, I know how much you love to hear about them. So, first of all, I would like to remind you, if you would like to help support the show, we have a new website out. It's the show Strictly. You can go uh, to um, https colon forward slash forward slash sites dot google dot com forward slash view forward slash under the star show forward slash home. Or you can just c click the link in my Instagram bio, which will be linked in the description as well as the website itself, but it's an Under the Stars website where you can uh, exclusively read articles written by me and uh, a sm small uh, staff uh, that I've kind of put together people who are just as uh, interested in this stuff as me. Um, you can read articles, you can interact with us, and you can also access our subscription links, which just links you to our Patreon checkout pages, or you can just check out the, the Under the Stars Patreon by itself, which you can use, which you can donate literally $5 or $10 a year, depending on whatever you like, to help support the show, so that's nice. Anyways, our first piece of news. Nancy Pelosi thinks 16-year-olds should vote. Uh, I voiced my opinion on this, um... I think I want to say about a week or so ago, and I'm, uh, it's just, it's interesting. I had a lot of people debate me on it, and I'm going to talk about that, about the small debate that I did have, um, uh, about related to this, but first things first, I've got to inform you on this, because this is a completely ridiculous thing. Most adults agree on this idea, that this is a ridiculous thing. However, if you ask a 16-year-old, they think it's perfectly reasonable, and rightfully so, but I'm actually going to dive into that idea a little more in a second, if this website will load. I believe this is on Sarah Carter's we uh, website. Uh, a great woman. Um, personally, that's just my opinion. But anyways, so here's a quote from Speaker Pelosi herself. Quote, I myself have always been lowering, have been for the lowering the voting age to 16. I think it's really important to capture kids, she says capture, when they're in high school, when they're interested in all this, and they're learning about the government and able to vote. Here's the thing. Sure. 16-year-olds are very interested in politics. I'm 15. What is it? I'm 15. Now, of course, the difference between me and most teenagers is I dress like this and act like this all the time. Granted. But I also know that other 16-year-olds are interested in, in politics as well. And rightfully so. It's a very interesting field, in my opinion. But... The thing is, though, they're also very impressionable. And to be fair, most people are very impressionable. But the thing is, though, 16-year-olds just work saying this both from experience and just both from the realm of common sense you don't entrust a 16 year old with very very important things you the most important thing i think trusting 16 year olds with um is literally driving themselves to and from their school um and here in north carolina we hardly trust them with that either because we also have restrictions on your voting license. In North Carolina, once you get your voters, uh, your license at 16 in North Carolina, there's still a, uh, what's it called? A, not a limit, not, there's not, it's not called a time limit, but it's called a, um, it's called something, I don't remember, but it's where you can, what is it called? I do not remember. It's, it's called where, it's where you, um, you can't do something past a certain time. In North Carolina, at 16, 
you get your license, but you're not allowed to drive past 9 in the evening. You have to have a curfew, that's what it is. There's a curfew of 9 o'clock. You're not allowed to drive past 9 o'clock here in North Carolina. So we hard, so here, we hardly trust our 16-year-olds even with driving. And again, rightfully so. Um, you know, this is really all we need. You know, here's, here's, uh... Something that uh, Democratic strategist John Nichols told Fox and Friends that lowering the voting age is not an attempt at increasing Democratic voter rolls, which is completely what it is, but a way of, quote, expanding our democracy. Now, despite the fact that this is clearly a ploy by the Democrats to get people to vote for them, to get a larger voting base, because most of their voting base, voting base is people they're taking advantage of and then people who like the fact that they're letting them illegally stay here, um... This actually probably wouldn't help them, even if we lowered the voting age to 16. Because 16 is in the uh, Generation Z era. That's my generation. And if you look at just about any statistic, or if you look at just about any news um, news article, I suppose, if you search up Generation Z uh, right wing, if you search up that on ins on any sort of internet for place, most articles are going to be talking about how Generation Z is either more right-leaning or getting more right-leaning. And it, it, it really is true. Generation Z has got to be one of the more conservative generations since the last, I'd want to say, one or two. Um, the A complete 360 from the millennials, in my opinion. Well, not a complete 360, probably more of like a 90 degree turn from the millennials. But it, it's, it's an interesting turn myself, from my own viewpoint. There are people that I did not know that were more conservative, personally, that I learned were conservative. I'm like, oh, that surprised me. Um... But he says it's, quote, a, a way of expanding our democracy. That's not what it is. It really is a, a, a desperate attempt to try and get more young people to vote for you. And it's easier to influence 16-year-olds to become Democratic, you know? And there's nothing wrong with being a Democrat. It's just bad politicians want more people to vote for them because 16-year-olds are easier to convince stuff. 16-year-olds don't do stuff like what I do. They don't, like you know, find an uh, interesting article on Fox and then go, okay, I'm going to dive into this myself. You know, when I find something, if it's like the Bureau of Labor Statistics says, I will try and find the actual Bureau of Labor Statistics report that says that. 16-year-olds, if Fox and Friends or if CNN says it, it's obviously true. If, you know, they, they trust mainstream media a lot. And a lot of adults do this as well, but the difference between 16-year-olds and adults is we trust adults with driving, whereas 16-year-olds, we do not. Uh, he also is quoted on saying, young people, as we know, are usually more open-minded than older people. Not really. It really is quite the opposite, to, it, to be honest. Young people are more closed-minded than anything. Uh, and this is also something I speak from experience, you know. I've got, I've got a gym class, you know. I don't do much in it because, you know, I don't care because it, it's kind of dumb in my opinion. I also know the statistics that basketball, which is something we regularly play, uh, is really dangerous at a young age. It has rates as high as football in chronic traumatic encephalopathy. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, you know, but stating this makes me stupid, according to everyone in there. And teenage boys have got to be the worst. In my opinion, Teenagers are just a worse version of toddlers, you know? With toddlers, you can shut them up by giving, like, something. With teenagers, it's like you have to accept their opinion and nothing else. With babies, it's like you give them, like, you turn on Mickey Mouse or something, and they'll be like, oh, oh, never mind. With teenagers, you can't distract them with anything, because they'll come right back to it. You know, they'll, they'll, an hour later, they'll try and reignite the fire that you've tried to put out all day. 
and so that's why I don't think teenagers should. And you know, there are always good ones. Don't get me wrong. There are always good teenagers. You, you know, there are always teenagers like. And I'm not trying to brag on myself, but there are always teenagers like me who don't aren't don't act normal. There are always good teenagers who have good intentions, but still, their minds there's always a little bit of something in there. Always, you know. As mature as I act, I'm not always very mature, and I'm willing to admit that. Um, whereas most teenagers don't want to, they, they want to be the adults. And, and I guess rightfully, well, not rightfully, so it's really just this misconception that a lot of other adults feed to children that being an adult is an awesome thing. Um, which there are people that do that, despite the fact that being an adult sucks. It honestly does. Uh, but there are some adults, and there are some people like Nancy Pelosi, kind of in this politi political area, who are like, you know, they want to give these... They want to feel that fire of a 16-year-old wanting to be a 25-year-old or wanting to be a 40-year-old. You know, they want the responsibilities that they can't handle. But I re I stated my opinion on this on Twitter, and then I shared that post on from Twitter onto my Instagram. Well, uh, it, it ignited kind of a fire. I had a personal friend of mine who I was talking about with it, and he kept defending it. And my thing is, though, I expect him to defend it. He's He's technically younger than me, but he's just about 16. I expect, that's my first defense right there, I, the, the largest group of people I expect to attack me for saying 16-year-olds shouldn't vote is 16-year-olds. But it's not because of any sort of reason or logic, it's because they're mad. You don't like it when people exclude you from something, especially at a teenage, because like I said, they want to be the adult, and this is a very adult thing. Voting is a very adult thing, despite the fact that a lot of people don't treat it like that. Um, so I expect, that's my first defense. Second of all, Someone tried to tell me the numbers, uh, told me, you know, you're just trying to get rid of your Republican agenda, despite the fact I don't have one. Um, and they're like, you're just trying to get rid of your Republican agenda. And like, the numbers don't lie. Gener our gener or millennials are more, or not millennials, they said, the numbers don't lie. We're more democratic than ever, and you're just afraid of that. And I was like, no, actually, Generation Z, like I stated before, is actually being considered more conservative than, than, than the millennials. And so he, I was like, okay, can I see the numbers? And he gives me an article I've actually read before he sent it to me on millennials. And I, I stated multiple times, both personally to him and on, to, on the post, I said, um, this article has nothing to do with 16-year-olds. 16-year-olds are Generation Z. And if you look at anything on Generation Z, it says they're conservatives. But no one on there wanted to accept that, so they just kind of ignored that comment. So, yeah, if you're watching this and you were involved in that. Then I had someone I also know uh, say that, you know, though you know, they're, they're not responsible, they, can, they, do, uh, they handle a lot of things that take a lot of, you know, a lot of responsible tasks. Like driving, going to school, and there was a third one that I can't remember. Um, working. The, the second two contradictions for each other. First off... 16-year-olds have the highest rate of car crashes ever. So, clearly they're not handling that responsibility well. And, you know, it's gotten so bad that, again, here in North Carolina, we block them past 9 o'clock from driving. Anyone who does that can be taken and put in juvie. Second of all, school is not a big response. Respons a responsible task. It's something you just do. It's not that big of a deal. It does take you to be responsible, yes. But it's not as big as voting. I mean, even driving is bigger than that. Because driving has your life on the line. Working. Working contradicts school. Because all statistics say that f at 16, if a kid is working more often, the more hours a 16-year-old is spent working, the less hours they're, spent, they're spending in school. 
So, if our employment rate, if 16-year-olds have an employment rate that suddenly shoots up, expect school, like, graduation rates in 16-year-olds to plummet. Because 16-year-olds can't handle the responsibility of balancing those things, two things. 18-year-olds are a question, are questionable, or are arguable to me, but I, I can understand that, you know, based off the ruling in 1940-something, I think, uh, or 1911, I suppose, when the World War started, you know, in both of them, 18-year-olds were the ones that went to war. So if they can die for war, they can vote in our elections. That makes perfect sense to me. That's just fair. 16-year-olds can't even handle driving or going, getting a job without failing school or dying. You know, we had 18-year-olds who were able to handle that stuff. So, and, and even based off personal experience and off statistics, 18-year-olds can handle having a job and going to school better than 16-year-olds. 16-year-olds, the statistics show that they can't have one job and be able to still focus at school. With 18-year-olds, it's like they can have maybe two or three jobs and still be able to do good in school. And it's just because they're more responsible. Because once you hit 18, a lot of this responsibility is shoved in your face, and you're not trained for it, but they adapt to it quick. And this is one thing that I think is more of a personal thing. Um, for me, just the adaption. So that's why 16-year-olds should not be allowed to vote, in my opinion. Because they can hardly handle the responsibility of driving. You know, if they can't handle driving, voting is a totally different thing. Our second piece of news, more and more people are trying to overturn the national emergency. Uh, recently, if you don't already know, Trump has actually voted against it. Um, against. Uh, he vetoed, actually, their vote against it. But there was a vote against Trump's national emergency. Um, this is on, I don't know, some website. I was just talking about it. Oh, here. Oh, actually, this picture has uh, my state senator, Tom Tillis. He looks terrifying. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, actually, my state senator, uh, North Carolina state senator Tom Tillis, is making some news, uh, some pretty big news with voting against the national emergency. Honestly, it's a lot of crap. It's a lot of crap. The problem is... I think people like Tom Tillis, you know, they're good They're good people, you know, and they're good at their job. It's just they're kind of one of those classical Republicans, and I don't think he wants to handle the controversy that's going to come with it. I don't, I'm not 100% sure that Tom Tillis can do that. That's the thing with Tom Tillis. He looks like he's mad at me. Uh, but on Wednesday night, three Republican senators walked into the White House and interrupted President Donald Trump's dinner in a dramatic last-ditch effort at persuading him to let them off the hook for their duties as members of the legislative branch. Quote, they discussed, the Washington Post reported, how to sa how to satisfy GOP concerns on the emergency declaration of the Southern War. Um, so I believe it was these three. Um, more Republicans keep voting against it, and I think it's just because those are the Republicans that can't handle the controversy, um, which is disappointing because we can. And I don't mean Republicans in general. I just mean people in general. The controversy is not something we should try and avoid. And I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong on why this is why they're doing it. But this is what makes most sense to me. Looking at the certain senators who have voted against it, I know most of their policies and I know how they work. And they're the type of people based off what I do know, that probably would vote against something this big just because it's this big. They don't want to be with that group of people that's going to be yelled at by the left. And, sure, fine, if you want to do that, do that, but you're going to lose a lot of respect from me and from a lot of other Americans. Um, but Trump has actually vetoed it. 
he's vetoed both votes against the national emergency. People are going to vote it, uh, vote against it over and over and over and over and over again. I don't think they're going to get it very far. Um, I just don't. But it's senators like our state senator right now who are great people, good at their job, very good people in general, you know, good at their job to an extent, you know, but the, but that type of stuff, it kind of pushes them to the point to where I don't think they can handle certain controversies uh, like this one. And it, it is disappointing because I know the human spirit is so much stronger than that. Um, it's just a very disappointing issue. Um, so that's, that's that. It really, there's not much more to talk about than that. Um, real quick, I'm going to make sure my camera hasn't, like, shut off. I'll probably cut this out, unless you're, like, a premium subscriber. Yeah, so this is trying to tell me I only have, like, four minutes left. So I'm, I don't know. My phone's basically retarded, so. So, our next piece of news, the 2020 bid is huge and kind of crazy. So if you don't already know, the 2020 bid is growing faster and faster by the day. Democrats piling up, piling up. I can't, you can't, like, you're you're swimming in Democrats and literally, like, four Republicans are running for president. Um, this thing was released, oh, when was it released? It's from People Magazine. And I don't, I, I don't like People, but I just needed a list. And that was the, the first time it came up. I, I just, I'm trying to find where... The, uh, where the post is so I can tell you if this is very accurate because this is right now I'm film I'm recording this on the 20th and plenty, and I'm sure by the 22nd, like plenty of people can announce their candidacy for president as well. But, um, if this, if people will load, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. People Magazine is not loading. But, um... But, yeah. Like I said, piles and piles and piles and piles and piles of Democrats. I can go ahead and name off some of your top people while this website is trying to load. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is running. Pocahontas. Uh, fake Indian. Um, not gonna win. I don't think she's even gonna get close. Kamala Harris is trying to run, but her own father has disowned her. She lied about listening to Tupac, which doesn't really matter, but it's just, it's just a load of crap. Um, <laughs> uh, who else is running? Beto O'Rourke recently announced that he's running. Francis, um, told us no policies. He's just acted cool. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, I think he might get very far in, in it. Um, and if People Magazine will load, I can tell you about more. Uh, Andrew Yang is running. This is the first one they uh, announced. I don't really know him. I don't think he's going to win. Just going off this. And I'm mostly covering the controversial tones. Like I said, Elizabeth Warren... You know, not going to do much. Uh, Julian Castro, he's the former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development um, for the for uh, Obama, I think. He was announced to be running in January, and he was the mayor. I, honestly, he, he looks like another, like, he just seems crazy. I don't think he's going to win. Um, uh, evidently nothing, like, I broke the website trying to get our next candidate up here. Mickey Mouse is running for president, I guess. It's an advertisement. I hate these. This website sucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Um, she's a 37-year-old Iraq war veteran who represents parts of Hawaii in the House of Representatives. That's right. Um, I believe she's Republican. 
I don't know. I do not know. I, I actually want to, I want to search this up. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. Um, I don't know. I forget if she's Republican or not. So these are, following her election in 2012, she ran first, uh, Okay, so she's a member of the Democratic Party. See, that's what I thought. I, I, I remember there being a Democrat running for Hawaii or something. Honestly, she seems fine. I'm sure if she got elected, like, no one would care. Senator Kristen Gillibrand, I've heard a lot of... I heard some about her, but honestly, she just looks annoying, and that really was what she was. Um, and anyone who appears on The Light Show with Stephen Colbert to literally do nothing but smash on Trump is annoying. Again, Kamala Harris, just a really evil Democrat who's taking advantage of really wonderful people and their goals to, um, push her political gain, which is what most, uh, politicians do in general, but especially the Democratic ones, because they understand how sweet and loving, uh, people who follow Democratic views are, and they're like, I'll use that to my advantage. Um, this guy named Pete Buttigieg, he was the Democratic mayor of South Bend, Indiana, um, Oh, wow, he enters as the first openly LGBT candidate to run for the presidency. Um, announcements came. Okay. Introductory video where he touched on identity. He's a millennial on a campaign based off walking away from the politics of the past. Seems terrifying and boring. You know, it's pretty cool, though, to have a gay president, I guess. I don't really care. <laughs> Senator Cory Brooker. The guy who... Or Booker. The guy who, didn't he, like, get charged for allegations of, like, sexual assault or someone tried to charge him and he's like, <laughs> That did not happen. Sorry, I'm trying to see. camera's running out of space because my phone sucks, so I'm gonna do something real quick. So, yeah. Cory Brooker's running for president. <laughs> um, guy who basically is a complete moron, and, you know, if he's elected, it'll be the first time we've had the first girlfriend, I guess, because he's not married. That's the thing. Um, he's going on, I grew up knowing that the only way we can make change is when people come together. A classic politician, like, he doesn't have any actual goal. I mean, are you, this is the same thing basically every politician says ever who runs for president. None of them ever have ever said something interesting in their thing. It's always been the same exact campaign every time, just slightly different. And this is usually what happens when Democrats and often very boring Republicans run together, you know? It's just... We can make it better if we work together. You know, it's something really, really boring and stupid, and it's just not... It's clearly just a cover-up for, I want to be in charge of you! You know, Cory Booker's an, Booker is annoying, and I don't like him. Um, if we can... Oh, yeah. Amy Klobokar, who's like, let's stop spend, saving money, and let's just spend it all on global warming. And though global warming is real... And though global warming is going to destroy the planet one day if we don't do something about it soon, the world's not going to end in 12 years, so there's no point spending so much money on it. 
You know, it's the equivalent of her running for president is the equivalent of AC saying, let's spend $93 trillion on a deal that's not even going to work because nobody's going to have any money to enjoy the fresh air that we make. Um, and even then it's, we're going to have no money, which I actually wanted to talk about that. <laughs> My favorite, Bernie Sanders is running for president again, again. He didn't even, didn't he not, I swear he didn't even get past the Democratic nomination last year. He didn't even get past that. He, he lost to Hillary Clinton. So what it makes him expect... Bernie Sanders is, is crazy. He's just a crazy old man. Um, who just hates billionaires. He hates billionaires because those other billionaires are taking the money that he could be using and adding to his large net worth because he's a fake socialist. Um, he's just insane and I don't think he's going to get very far this year. Again, Bernie Sanders is insane. I just skipped, like, four people. Governor Jay Inslee's running. Um, he's not afraid to talk about climate change. Again, no one is. It's not that big of a deal because the world's not going to end in 12 years. It's okay. It's okay that it's getting warmer. We'll fix it eventually. First things first, we gotta not be $21 trillion in debt and the economy plummeting because you want to spend money to make the air warm. Or cold, I guess. Um... He's running for Democratic nomination again. This guy, John Hick Hickenlooper. Ultimately, I'm running for president because I believe that not only I can beat Donald Trump, no, you can't, but I that I'm the person that can bring people together on the other side and actually get stuff done. No, because nothing Trump did. Nothing. Nothing happened since Trump's been elected. N economy doing well. What are you talking about? Economy randomly boosting when pr Trump was elected president? Ha! <laughs> That's all a myth. You know, nobody wants to accept that Trump is getting anything done because that's like admitting that something really stupid. You know, that's the equivalent of a, of a six-year-old trying to admit that their older brother that they hate is a good person. No one wants to admit it despite the fact that it's true. Because everyone in Congress is a little whiny baby for some reason. Again, Beto O'Rourke is running. He's just... Beto O'Rourke has no policy. He's announced nothing. He just... Made a video of him on a skateboard going, I love America. Okay, awesome. What is your plan? He's got no plan. He's got no hope. He's got no future in the president. Of course, President Trump is running again. And then there are like a few other Democratic ones. It's basically this upcoming election is literally just a whole slew of Democrats versus Donald Trump. It's the Democrats versus Donald Trump. They're going to be full like other Republican people. D Trump's going to take them all out. Um, Trump's probably going to end up being the Republican nomination. Beto might become the Democratic nomination, honestly. He may very well become the de Democratic nomination. He also may win. If he can actually say something. Again, he said nothing. At all. Whereas, even Trump started spending, causing money. Speaking of raising money, uh, Beto O'Rourke, he raised $6.1 million on his first day of campaigning. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Despite the fact that he said nothing, in the first 24 hours of his campaigning, Beto O'Rourke was able to set a new record by raising $6.1 How did he do it? That's my main question. It's my main question. How do you do it? If this website will load, because I know I'm wasting my camera life because my camera on my phone sucks, and the one, my actual camera, isn't charged, so that's, the battery's exhausted, so I may very well switch to the one on my computer, which I don't want to do. Um... So if this will load, and if it'll let me scroll down, uh, Beto O'Rourke 
raised six point one million. Don't know how, don't know why, but it, honestly, it's kind of a waste of time when he's said nothing. Uh, he raised in the twenty four hours edged the initial success of the Bernie Sanders campaign, which said that brought in five point nine million. Uh, he raised six point one million. Uh, over a period of, of slightly longer than two years, Trump's campaign $16.3 million, which another, with another uh, $15.9 million raised outside money, according to the Center of Responsive Politics. So Trump, he started, run, he started collecting campaign money since the day he was elected in office. He knew he was going to run again in 2020, which is pretty impressive that he's been able to raise that much. So though in a 24-hour span... Beto O'Rourke has, has raised a lot. Trump still has a lot more than him. Uh, and probably just Trump's a rich guy. Um, the biggest problem with Beto O'Rourke's campaign is he said nothing. He's said nothing about what he's going to do. Again, he released one video of him skateboarding saying, man, I love America. Jimmy, um, Jimmy Fallon released a video uh, kind of poking some satire, poking some fun at him. Um... Which was really good. It's really great to see late night television being good again. Unlike literally every other late night show ever, Jimmy Fallon has been pretty good. Better than most. He's not too good on Saturday Night Live because he can't stop staring at the camera. Uh, real quick, I'm going to check and see if this camera has stopped recording. It's almost dead, though. It's about to stop recording, like, literally any second now. So, I'm cutting out a lot of this audio because today's been a terrible day to try and make a podcast. Because the whole universe hates me. I would like to remind you once again, if you'd like to support the show, all you gotta do is head over to the link in the description. It'll take you to the uh, Under the Stars website. There you can find uh, links to our subscription plans. You can um, go to our Patreon and you can support the show there. Um, our final piece of news... AOC is getting really upset over a negative turnout of her approval ratings. So, recently there have been some approval ratings and disapproval ratings, and AOC has not done too well. Uh, this is coming from News Now, any News Now, I don't know, something like that. Before the young, quote, rock star candidate rocked the world by defeating 10-term uh, incubate representative Joe Crowley at the ballot box last November, yes, yeah, it's... it's so, since Americans were surveyed in early September, a rocking upward shift in their negative opinion towards AOC has been discovered as Gallup's new poll indicates the millennial Democrat is scaring off many once-impressed left-leaning sympathizers. So, though people on the right has never really liked Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she's basically insane, um, and she has no idea what she's doing, even left-leaning people are starting to uh, turn away from her because she's insane. And that's pretty obvious. But she doesn't like that people, she doesn't want people to admit that or people to know that. She does not like that idea. So, when this stuff came out, uh, you will know that she did not quite get, take it too well. I'm, I'm going to try and skip over to Twitter because uh, she had quite the cow. Let's see if I can log in real quick. But, um... She was not a very happy person yet, I don't remember. All I remember is that on Twitter, she had quite the meltdown. She's trying to say, all these centrists leaving me. She had, she had a post where she basically said, if you don't agree with me, you're a bigot. You know, that's basically what she said. I'll pull up the tweet now. I'll pull up my response now. And it, she's basically just very, very, very upset. 
about these numbers, and she's trying to find every way in the world other than maybe I just suck to explain why people don't like her. Um, and, and what's funny is, this is a poll amongst left-leaning people. This isn't even a poll of Americans. It's just a poll of left-leaning people. It came from a Gallup poll, actually. So this is from the same website, actually. Or, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but her image has skewed negative. By name recognition, more people don't like her anymore. Let's see. Favorable, um, recently, 31% are favorable. And unfavorable, 41%. So now more people dislike her than ever. Uh, never heard of, only 29% of people have never heard of her. Uh, and then net favorable. So she lost, she gained 15, a 15% difference. That's a 15% difference from a 26% unfavorable back in September of 2018, when she was around the time she was elected. This shows that most people, even on the left, are not insane enough to actually believe this woman has any real policies or is an actual, like good at her job in any way, shape, or form. The woman's insane. I hardly call her a woman in the first place. Again, Democrats all together, it's a 41% of Democrats don't like her. Democrats unfavorable. Let me make sure this is right. Is this for unfavorable? Yes, this is the unfavorable numbers. Yeah, or, I'm sorry, this is the net favor. Okay, no, that's the net part. Um, yes. Bottom line, Americans have taken note of the meteoric rise of Ocasio-Cortez, who went from a Manhattan bartender to a committee member on the powerful House of Financial Services Committee less than a year. But their view has become slightly more negative than positive. And I'm going to blame this on the Green New Deal, because that deal sucks. And most people realize this. Republicans don't like it because it spends too much money. $93 trillion dollars. Democrats don't like it because I don't think it doesn't work. Personally, as someone who studied the environment for a little while and does have concern for it, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think it's going to work in any way, shape, or form. So, from both point of views, it's like that thing went insane. So, she says this is going to work. Nobody agrees with her, and her views have gone down. I have never liked her. I've always thought she's big-headed um, and insane. But now more people are seeing this. Even more people on the left are going, wait a minute, this woman is insane. So more people are coming to this conclusion. And it's a good thing, honestly, in my opinion, because of her policies. The people who still like her now are people who were... Sorry, my camera just died. From this point on, it's just going to be podcast bit. Um, next week, I'll make sure to f have a fully charged camera, I guess. But from this point on, uh, that's just it. AOC is losing her momentum. If she ever is becomes eligible to run for president, I don't think she will ever get that get the opportunity to fully do that because it sucks and it's never going to work. Um, a final segment of the day and I care because so this has got to be the worst show of 2019 already. Um, and we're only what three months in three months in. And I already know this is the, the worst show already. It's a show with, let me make sure I've got the right character. Uh, let's see. Played, let's see, hold on. The main character is played, where is he? Blah, 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 blah. A.D. Bryant, she's from Saturday Night Live, so you know she's a liberal and you know she sucks at acting because, well, she was on Saturday Night Live, predominantly. Uh, it's a character, the character, it's on a show and it's titled Shrill, that came out, it's Hulu original, so you know it's gotta suck. Um, anyway, but... 
It's about this woman who gets pregnant. She's a journalist, which means she hates everyone. Um, and she decides, she finds out she's uh, having a baby. Now, according to this, according to the book, uh, Shrill Notes from a Loud Woman by Lindy West, a big part of this positive journey of self-discovery, it turns out, is having her about abortion. Oh, it's not very positive when you kill someone. I'm just going to say that now. Um... So I'm going to watch, I'm going to play this scene, I'm going to try and find it and put it up on the video part since the camera just died. Um, but I'm going to play the scene and we're, we're going to dive into it. Okay, I don't understand. How did this even happen? I mean, you obviously... Oh wait, oh, I'm sorry. She actually, she has a female counterpart, her, uh, her black lesbian roommate playing every victim card there, Fran who's played by an actress I recognize, who says things like, I don't apologize to white people, and yet nobody cares, and is worried about being deported for taking mushrooms in pill form. Um, yeah, this character, this is the character that tells her how she sh that she should get an abortion. Tells her that this, just, let's take a listen. You, you know this character is a bad influence. Here. Obviously use birth control. I mean, usually we do, but I don't know. Ryan loves to raw dog. Sorry, what? Well, raw dogging. It's literally his favorite thing. So, how could I take away his favorite thing? She already is a terrible actress in this. This is supposed to be a serious thing, I suppose. Aidy Bryant. This, there's a reason she's so huge on Saturday Night Live. It's because she's a terrible actress. My favorite thing is you not having a child with a guy who says raw dog. Everyone says that, I think. That's... You're trying to take away my favorite thing. No. No, I just, you know, I've been using the morning after pill, and it didn't work. Are you rich? That's like $50 every time you have sex with Ryan. It's just he liked me, and I didn't want him to stop liking me, so I just went with it. Wow. You know, I just, what do you think I should do? What? Get an abortion before it becomes illegal or something. Yeah, but I, I keep having this little thought of, like, Maybe this is my chance to be a mom. This bit I want to stop you, because I, I read through this before. I actually found this while scrolling around through Twitter Twitter last, I want to say Monday, maybe. Um, I read through this scene. I read the transcript for this. I haven't seen this clip. This is the bit where she mentions, hey, this is my chance to be a mom. Which is, in my opinion, and not even going off experience, this is just from what I've seen and what I've learned from moms, from what I've learned, it's got to be one of the greatest things on earth. To be a parent is one of the greatest things on earth. Ask anyone on the left that they will tell you anything. They'll tell you the complete opposite. They'll tell you being a parent sucks. And it's only because they don't have the ability to be a responsible parent. So she's like, maybe I can be a mom. And this character, Fran, who plays every victim card ever because they don't want a reasonable character. They want a character that appeals to the politics. Says... Okay, you're going to have a lot more chances to be a mom. And maybe we just don't take... This one, which is the one with the guy who makes you leave through the back gate. I just mean, like, there have been moments in my life where I, like, didn't think that I would ever get to have that, you know, because of what I looked like or because there's, like, a certain way that your body is supposed to be and I'm not that. And that... Maybe if I was just sweet enough and nice enough and easygoing enough with any guy, that that would be enough for someone. 
Annie, you're being so mean to yourself. I, I mean, it makes me so sad. Well, I mean, it's it's humiliating to say out loud, but it, it's also the kind of stuff that's fucking going through my head all the time. Okay, well, then we need to make sure that it's not going through your head all the time. And we need to untrain you from thinking of yourself in such a brutal way. And that's all they have this scene. Um, <laughs> so, this is a terrible friend. Um... She's like, I keep having this little thought of maybe this is my chance to be a mom. Okay, you're going to have a lot more chances to be a mom. I mean, not really. I mean, she's right, though. Despite the fact that how wrong it is or whatever, you know, though I don't believe in fat acceptance because if I get fat, I want you to bully me into getting back to staying into shape because it's healthier. Um, you know, th there really aren't for her. Just as a human being, the character as a human being really, like, her chances are a lot smaller than thinner women that's just the science behind it and it's just the statistics they're sad statistics but they're true um and maybe we just don't take this one her friend's a terrible person okay i mean clear and you can get that off from the fact that they wrote her a black lesbian roommate you know instead of writing her as just a character who has reason and, and thought they're just like every victim card ever so that's just that um i think she's a terrible roommate and she Annie should have never listened to whatever her roommate said because her roommate's a moron. Because, honestly, Annie's right. You know, the statistics are, like, not true. Again, what's her name? A I, D I don't know. A.D. Bryant. It's not a great actor. Uh, this is, like, one of the only su supposed sad scenes where I wasn't sad. Um, so, we're going to watch the bit where she kills the child. Um, I'm sorry, removes the, quote, clump of cells, despite the fact that we're all a clump of cells, we're just more advanced than the ones in the womb, but whatever. Uh, so we're gonna watch the part where they brutally kill the child, and they're gonna, and from what I'm reading, they treat it, let's see, the, in the article they wrote, the abortion is portrayed as a relatively nonchalant, with bittersweet music playing in the background. No, it's literally murder. Fran is there with her, which is rarely ever allowed, whatever, and the abortionist describes the procedure as she does it. Um, Planned Parenthood collaborated on the series. Planned Parenthood is an evil corporation. In the next scene, Annie's all empowered and glowing and she tries on a new dress. The topic of her abortion comes up and Annie, she says, very good about it and very effing powerful. Um, yeah, that's what a dictator feels like when they kill something. When Hitler killed people, I'm sure he felt very, very good and very effing powerful as well. But let's watch this scene. Let's watch the murder.
it's not over. Hi. Sorry. my child. I mean, I have the power to destroy a life. <laughs> no. The last couple of days, I think about a lot of shit. Like, when I was at my parents' house, and I was just looking at all these photos. Stop smiling through all your lines. Little me was just so happy and fat and had big dumb dreams. Killing and children. I got myself into this huge fucking mess. But I made a decision only for me, for myself, and I got myself out of it. Good. I don't know. I feel very fucking powerful right now. Again, that you do feel powerful when you realize you have the ability to take away a life, and we do not want that. We do not want people to feel the power of being able to take away a life. Like, it's a terrible, terrible thing when you feel powerful after removing another thing's human life. That's what dictators feel like. When when dictators feel that's they feel powerful, um, but it, it's just and this I don't know. You have to be a really sad person, a really pathetic person, to feel good about murdering something and feel good about running away from responsibility. Borderline for me, abortion like whatever, but like aborting a child is not brave or strong. It's cow. It's a coward move. You're running away from the responsibility of being a parent because you don't want to take on the challenges. Sure, everyone can be like, well, what if the dad goes away? Well, then be a strong single mom. There are plenty of strong single moms out there who are able to raise a child on their own. Just because you don't, just because you don't want to doesn't mean you can't. There are plenty of women who raise children on their own, on their own, by themselves, and, and they are the real powerful ones because they're able to have a child and raise it efficiently. You're weak because you're the one who killed off a child and like, oh yes, I feel great about it. You're gonna feel great about killing a child because you feel great about getting rid of your responsibility. Um, let's see, will Annie always feel really, really good about her abortion? We don't know that as the abortion, let's see, as the abortion is not brought up again beyond the second episode with Ryan's mother casually mentioning, Ryan tells me you went out and got my grandbaby aborted and he explains to that friend that she's that then she said she wants to have a funeral for the fe fetus, to which Fran, as she told her to, uh, to f off, and says I would have punched her because you're a terrible person, Fran. Fran is an absolutely terrible friend, a terrible person, and another coward. This coward person has convinced her coward friend to pull a coward move. Instead of being responsible and taking the response of being an adult, they killed the child. They killed what would have been a child. And they'll tell me, it's not murder because it's my body. Because growing a new body does not suddenly make it yours. Like, I can connect a body scientifically to mine. That doesn't make it mine. You know, a two-headed person isn't a person with a head and an extra thing on it. Those are two heads. They both belong to the body. But they're... Wait, what? They're, <laughs> a two-headed person. This is a terrible example. A child is not your body. It's got its own organs that are growing. But it's like a plant. It's like a plant, except with feelings. 
It's like a plant when it's growing, but then you're like, mm, I don't want to grow this plant anymore. I don't want to have the responsibility of growing it. And you chop it. You chop off the, the head of the plant or whatever. It's not a good thing, but it's worse with a child because a child's a living being. A child has potential to literally be, you know, the president of the United States. A child has the ability or has the potential to be something really good. And instead of growing it and nurturing that child and taking the responsibility of it being an adult, people who get abortions just to me often come off as people who are too afraid of taking the responsibility of being a adult. Of being an adult and making an adult decision. Aborting a child or killing off a child is not an adult decision. It's a very childish thing to do. Um, in cases of, like, 16-year-olds, first of all, they have to have the um, parents' consent in North Carolina. But even then, I think that, I think, if first of all, if you have a child at 16, that's your own fault. You're the one who had sex underage, so... That's your fault. You're the cause of that, and I think you that's your time. That's You forced yourself to grow up fast, which sucks for teenagers, but for me, I just did it on purpose. I just threw away my childhood. But um, even then, I think it's if you have a child at 16, that's your fault, and you have to take the responsibility for that. It's time to say bye-bye to your childhood and hello to being a mother, uh, instead of just killing it and running away from responsibility. Because you can't run away from responsibility. That's the, the ultimate thing for me. You cannot and will not run away from responsibility. You can say all you want that it's not responsibility. You can say anything you like, but ultimately, abortion is the easy way out of a hard situation, of an uncomfortable situation. But the truth is, being an adult is not wiping out or literally killing your problems. Being an adult is accepting your problems and learning to work with them and, fi and solve them whether, no matter how long it takes. This character should not be friends with Fran. I mostly blame this entire situation on the character Fran, who's just a bad person in general. Um, but yeah, when you feel powerful after killing a child, you literally, that's literally something um, a serial killer says. Serial killers feel powerful after killing their victims. And... I'm sure serial killers can use that same excuse. Oh, it's just a walking group of cells. Because you can't use that. It's just a group of cells thing because you're just a group of cells. Cells don't disappear from you once you're born. You're just walking cells. Your eyes are made of cells. Your hands are made of cells. The cells that are on you today are close, are t essentially relatives of the original ones that grew you in the womb. You're not... You don't stop becoming a group of cells, because if we're going to use that, I'm going to start murdering people and using it's just a group of cells as uh, my defense. Um, but yeah, abortion to me is just a really cheap, coward move of running away from responsibility and blaming it on the rest of the world instead of just accepting that you're a bad person. But that's the end of my show. So, that's all I had for you today. Um, fortunately, the camera kept dying like four times, so I'm going to have to do extra editing, which sucks. I had a short clip on my camera, and then the camera died. Um, so yeah, so the end of this video, whether you bought the full subscription or not, is going to be cut off, but especially for the YouTube page. So, again, uh, one last time, if you want to help the show, you can always subscribe on our Patreon, which you can access by visiting the website. It'll be linked in the description, and you can find it linked on my Instagram page as well. Thank you so much for listening in, I suppose, and uh, this is Noah Huey for Under the Stars, signing off. Thank you.